0: Hey, what's up? This is Jeff Staple. Don't forget, we will very soon be separating the three shows on Hype Radio, so you will have to go and individually subscribe to those shows that you want to listen to. So search and subscribe right now to The HBR Show and Soundcheck on Hypebeast Radio or Hype Radio to keep listening. Do it now so you don't miss any episodes. Okay, let's get into this week's show. From Hype Beast and Hype Radio, I am Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. When you look at this entire culture and everything that stems from it, whether it's visual art, fashion, sneakers, or streetwear, in my opinion, the purest form of artistic expression is music. Music is my muse. And if you've ever had the blessed experience of witnessing someone actually making music, you'll know what I'm talking about. Fashion designers, they start with a piece of cloth. Artists, they start with a canvas. Writers start with a pen and pad. But musicians, they start from nothing. They can sit in an empty room and manifest beautiful words and sounds directly out of their brain. Anytime I have the pleasure of seeing a musician at work, I'm flabbergasted at how amazing it truly is. Now that's the art of music, but you know as well as I do that there's the art side of it and then there's the business side of it. And you could argue that the business of music is what allows you all out there in the world to hear great music. Because without the business, there's no videos, there's no marketing plan, there's no tour, there's no merch, There's no ecosystem. Don't get me wrong. Music alone is the most sacred form of art there is. But music, with the right business support and mindset, then it becomes life-changing, earth-shattering. It becomes part of human history. And when you look back at the music industry, there are certain titans that have helped shape what we hear and see today. And this week, we have an architect in the studio. Someone with more years in the game than most artists have been alive. Kevin Lyles has been on his grind for over three decades. He cemented his own major contributions to music, and maybe more importantly, to culture itself. Always learning, always evolving. Mr. Lyles joins us at the Business of Hype to tell us his story. So let us start first with uh, a proper introduction of who we have in the studio today.
1: Um, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Kevin Lyles. What do you do, Kevin Lyles? Um, well, first I'm friendly to to you, um, but um, more importantly, um, I think uh, sometimes I say I own a recorded music business or a publishing company. Sometimes I say a platform, but I'm really in the service business, uh, serving our culture and helping how to maintain a sense of entrepreneurship uh, throughout, um, in our know, industry.
0: Okay. And I think we're going to dive into that a little bit. Okay. But first, I always like to do this, especially when it comes to people who are in the music industry. Okay. Are you a Spotify guy, SoundCloud guy, iTunes guy, Tidal guy? What are you like? How do you consume your music nowadays?
1: Uh, I'm an everything guy. You I have mean, to be, I You have yeah. to be. I believe you have to be able to dribble with both hands.
0: Okay. You know, All right.
1: um, it's, it's the importance of knowing the platform because every artist... Um, some artists might have be bigger on apple than they are on spotify yeah and just based on the user base right Uh, some people might be bigger on youtube because they have a migrating audience from video that's now streaming yeah you got to look it up and some people might be niche uh around a title Uh um so i think it's uh it'd be ignorant of me to say (laughs) it's one thing because it's never never one thing people consume and engage in a lot of different ways and our job to help our artists and the consumers navigate. Mm-hmm.
0: As a as a veteran in the industry, though, mm-hmm. honestly, doesn't it kind of annoy you that you have to like go to all these different things? You can't just like buy CDs or turn on a radio and hear everything. Like you have to be like, oh yeah, this guy is the he's only on SoundCloud. or oh, she's only on YouTube. And like you got to sort of figure out where they're at. Does that annoy you? Well, I, I have
1: forty two people that figure that out. <laughs> but for me, for me personally, I, I'm a electrical engineer, you know, by major. So yeah. I kind of like being weird sometimes. I kind of like I kind of like the nerd in it. You know right, what I mean? Right, so right. I'm, I don't mind
0: it. Okay. So promotion hats off. Mm-hmm. What are you listening to right now? What's on your phone right now that you're you're
1: bumping on a regular right now? I, I mean, you gotta say. See, I'm different because okay. uh, as a, a fifty year old, there are things that um, like I say are, are native to me and yeah. artists that are native to me. But because I'm in a ever evolving music business. Uh huh. Um, if it came out yesterday, <laughs> I'm listening to yeah. it because I'm, I'm, I'm managing what, what's next, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, not promoting my own stuff, but um, when you have uh, somebody like Shah Glizzy drop an album, um, I'm consuming it all diff- different kinds of ways. Yeah. And so part of my job is to never have somebody signed to my label that I can't be them at any given moment. Mm. So in order to know that you have to listen yeah. to the music. A lot of people say, well, Kev, you only listen to your artist music 90% of the time. And then the <laughs> other percent I'm listening to things and new trends in the marketplace and, you know, books. That are, I'm just, I mean, yeah. I'm just a different kind of person I said, today. Um, That's so weird. <laughs> um, today, today, what I was listening to on, on my way over here, um, Meg Mac just dropped a record uh, last week called Give Me My Name Back. Mm-hmm. And it touched a nerve. Uh, in me and so I think um, anyone who's going through um, not knowing who, the, who they are, uh, maybe they were in a bad marriage and they want their name back or maybe they felt they had no voice yeah. and they wanna stand up and be, it's like, so I look for music to make me feel a certain way mm. and touch certain emotions in my body. So um, yeah. I'm listening to Joe Osteen, <laughs> I can't, so you asked you ask me, um, as far as hip hop, what, 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 what did I just, listen to. I like um what Quavo just dropped um last week. Mm-hmm. Um I love Little Baby and Gunna. I think they're they're the new wave um of this next generation of uh, rap artists. And you know, I have enough with the hundred artists that I have but yeah. <laughs> it's okay. You know? yeah.
0: So you always have to listen to music with like a work hat on.
1: I don't, unless, it's, unless I'm listening to um, Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, I, I tell people about, I'm, I, I, my, I get my Quincy Jones on because I'm a former artist and former writer and yeah. former producer. So when I listen to um, a Michael Jackson and he'll sing, She's Out of My Life, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? She's I want to know what the hell was he thinking when he's singing that, 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 that it sounds like he wrote it yeah it, it sounds like because he's feeling it or you you hear somebody like a Bruno Mars take it back to a funk sound but he's a Pop R and B artists, to, you know you. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not. It's not that I'm listening for work purposes. Yeah. I'm listening for the art of it. It's mm-hmm. like every time an artist drops a piece of music, um, it's like a Picasso to me. Yeah. It's. It's. I want to dissect it. Mm-hmm. I want to understand it. Like because, the essence of it. Right. Yeah. Just. Just know. And sometimes it gets so crazy with me that I'll call the artist up and say, Yo, what were you thinking? <laughs> how, how, where. Where. Where are. What. How do you. And I don't really, and I do it because I enjoy it. See, a lot of people work at jobs that they don't enjoy. Mm-hmm. I enjoy my job. And it's not nine to five. It's yeah. work days, work ends. Mm-hmm. It's part of my life. It's who I am. I can't, I can't fake what right. I do. So I'm, I'm, I'm in it every single day. Kevin
0: talks about spending 90% of his time listening to his artists. And probably because he has over 100 artists signed now. But he spends the other 10% listening to others, paying attention to what's new, reading books, and absorbing what's on the fringe. That 90% is key to staying dedicated to the foundation of what you're building. It's critical to focus on your own work. But it's also extremely important to keep an eye out, or in Kevin's space, an ear, to what else is out there. Whether it's for a potential opportunity, or purely inspiration, or even knowing what the competition is doing— Try and take time to look beyond what you're creating because it will help keep your work in perspective to the culture at large. You as a creator are part of something that's shifting and evolving. You need to understand your place in it and how you can fill a void or elevate beyond something that already exists. There's an art to how people create opportunities, and we're learning from one of the very best. And how long have you been in the music industry?
1: In the industry, since I was 15, 35 years. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I was an artist. I, I mean, before then I was a DJ. I mean, yeah. if you, when, when you say industry, I'm when I got started getting paid for it, Yeah, exactly. Like, fifteen. Yeah. okay. But, I mean, I've been in the studio. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just things I've, I've, I've been, this, this has been, I, I can truly say I, it's pivotal points in my life. Um, Hip hop saved my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I come from Baltimore. Um, at age 16, you're supposed to be on drugs, in jail, uh, or dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it caught, because I was good in football also in, in, in high school. Uh, yes, I was a Boy Scout. I mean, this stuff you wanna bring up. Yeah. Um, and hit, when hip hop came, it sort of like took me to a, a very happy place mm-hmm. in my life. And I lost my mind. I remember when I, you know, and my, my hip hop is not I'm just Sugar Hill, you know. I'm, when I heard Sucker MC, it's mm-hmm. no way the two guys could make me feel in the beat. Just it made me feel a certain way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Different from Curtis Blow made me feel. You know, mm-hmm. um, back back then, it just Run c made me say. Oh, I can be, I can do me. I don't have to dress in any kind of way, no weirdo shit. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, can, I can really be me. I can sag, I can put my Adidas on. You know, it made me feel um, part of it. And so that that, that pivotal moment, when you asked me how long I've been in it, it's, it's my life. You cut yeah. me open, I bleed hip hop.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so you've been in the industry, I mean, I don't know if you ever think about this, but like maybe longer than most of the, your audience has been alive, right? I mean Dang, you were just it's talking
1: that's deep it's deep that's deep,
0: <laughs> deep yeah. cuz you were just you were just telling me a story off the mic and you were just like you were talking to an artist and he didn't well, you tell
1: the story I, I, I mean I, I, no <laughs> names but uh okay, yeah, no um, names you know this the, the new generation um they're so entrepreneurial that they're not concerned about the past they don't care about uh, Christopher Columbus and how he discovered America <laughs> Yeah, you know they, they care about what's my America, what's my way what's my journey and I mentioned an, an artist that said that I said you sound, you know you remind me of an early such and such artist oh you don't even want to say the such and such artist I, I mean you remind, <laughs> me early, you remind me of an early Method Man yeah. you know um, coming mm-hmm. out of Wu-Tang which is a compliment which it's is, it's the alt- you, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, and he said who's that? and um, I I wasn't offended by it. Yeah, Um, it 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 checked you. It it checked me, number one, but it also said part of me even being here today, I owe our culture and the next generation of leaders the the opportunity to hear um, what my perspective was on a journey and to give back to them. Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't want to hear from Christopher Columbus, maybe they don't want to know about it, but it's going to be documented somewhere just in case someone wants to go yeah, uh, and and see, hey, maybe how do I get, I know I wanna go from A to Z, but let me check the uh-huh. podcast in L and, right, <laughs> see, right. and see what Jeff and Kevin was talking about. Do too. you
0: think that's a detriment though, that a lot of the younger people aren't recognizing the foundation, the
1: architects? Um, or do you think it's just the youth? I think it's life. Uh, I think there's things that um, people would probably say, Kevin, you should have cared about coming up. Yeah. and. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there was certain ways that my my parents said that this is how you live your life. Yeah, And if I would have worked at a job nine to five and got benefits and then retired, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right. today. So I believe um, who I am, it were things I didn't respect and follow. And I don't think hip hop would be where it is. I don't think 300 would be created mm-hmm. um, if we listened to, what people told us what was the right way or the wrong way. I yeah. love, you call them Generation Z, but I, I call them Generation E for entrepreneurship. You know, yeah. they 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 really will start something tomorrow. They'll look and they'll see uh, something that they could monetize or something that they could be passionate about. Mm-hmm. And they build, they'll build audience on it. Yeah. You know, and if, if you really think about it, you know, I come from, a, I called you know four corners. There was the drug corner, there was a liquor store, there was a church, and then there was mom house. Mm-hmm. So I I I look at it and you saw guys build multi-million dollar businesses and didn't even go to school. Yeah. You know, and then you look at the uh immigrant for lack of a better term that comes from no had nothing, came here mm-hmm. with nothing. And they own two grocery stores. Right. And corner stores. Yeah. Or bodegas that you call them. Yeah. here. And then you think about the the pastor that one time was a former dealer who did not learn the, the right way and didn't go through the bishop this and mm-hmm. this thing. and he has a church of ten thousand people following his. So that spirit, yeah, that you know, hustle. What, what, what if what if um, Joe Osteen, uh, the pastors prior to Joe Osteen, said this is how you pastor. Uh-huh. Right. And it, this is the rules you have to follow. The you know, yeah. This is who you should be. Like no, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think we have to give Generation Z the opportunity to do them. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the rules in my, my book. Do you don't don't pattern yourself after any. It, it's like um um I thought think about Rick Rubin, yeah Russell, Leor. And then myself.
0: I feel like we have to say Russell Simmons, Leo Cohen, in case so, yeah, y'all listening want to Google Rubin, these
1: names. Rick Rubin, one of the greatest producers to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, Russell Simmons, you know, founder uh, of, one of the founders of Def Jam, uh, Fat Farm, Def Comedy Jam, Def Poetry Jam, changed my life. Yep. Um, Leo Cohen, my, my partner, I've been with him for 25 years. Mm-hmm um uh, you know he's now running U, google music and youtube uh music uh, and my partner at, at, at 300 um if i had to if i say well i got to do what how rick did it yeah. or how lear did it but what i did do was say let me take a little bit of rickism and care about the music <laughs> let me take a little russellism care about the culture and be of service let me take a little learism i don't give a fuck yeah you know what I mean? and then let me <laughs> let me add on it to my ism of always think about the greater good and the greater God. And uh, if you use that, you'll, you'll get far and you'll be in longer. So that's why I'm here 35 years later. That Those four aspects that you just outlined is mm-hmm. like almost the perfect recipe, isn't it? Uh, listen, uh, hopefully somebody will say that. You know, if, if you <laughs> say that, I, I still think uh, I'm still in the kitchen. Yeah. So I'm still cooking. Oh, but the, but what
0: you gained out of those isms is mm-hmm. like the the perfect Pric- combination, right? Priceless. Yeah. You,
1: you couldn't even... Um, you know, Dick Parsons, uh, uh, I, I, again, I take um, guidance from a lot of different things and, and I see choices that people make. And a lot of my choices now come from spirituality. Yeah. Um, and I want good karma around. And you think about those people. And I, I would ask that um, just like music, I study people, mm-hmm. um, I study situations. Uh, and those isms were definitely pillars. Yeah. Um, but there's so many more people. Jack Welch. I'm a big fan of Jack Welch. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of Steve Jobs. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, um, Paul, being a number two. You know, we lost Paul Allen this week. I've been a number two more than I've been a number one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the role of a number two, just looking at the choices and decisions, and how some people don't stay together, but they go build separate businesses. Yeah. I just never looked at it like that. If I could, if I could still be, if, if Rick wanted to do, he was we'll still be together. If he wanted to be have a record company, yeah. that, that's how I felt. So those are the pillar of my isms. Right, right.
0: Like what Kevin said, let's forget about the term Generation Z for a second. The Generation E is all of you out there. That's the entrepreneur, whether you self-identify as one or simply have that hustle spirit it does seem like more and more people are taking matters into their own hands to build their own path. And while doing so, moving forward without a full download on what's come before. There's always been a generational gap in terms of perspective, especially throughout hip-hop. While I can say my era is golden, the next person can say today is the hottest it's ever been. Kevin understands this and knows the importance of both sides. Disregarding rules and creating your own journey doing you, while infusing aspects or isms of the greats before him. You can see farther by standing on the shoulders of giants, and man, are those some giants Kevin pulls from. It's important to stay completely true to your vision and the unbeaten path, but it's also smart to study those who came before and their past situations. You never know what you might learn or gain. So let's go back. It's it's well documented that you started as an intern, mm-hmm. right, at Def Jam in ninety one. Yes, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What were you doing right prior to that? You you know, a lot of young people could be like, yeah, I need an internship, right? Mm-hmm. What were you doing right before you got the internship at Def Jam?
1: Uh probably was I had my own record label called Marks Brothers Records. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably put out. Um, I don't know whether it was. Do you want to drop down to your knees? It was all local stuff, okay. uh, records that I did. You um, had signed acts? Had, well, we, were, we would only act on a label. <laughs> you know, okay. But, so it was us, you know, but we were five guys and then we, three guys and then one guy is uh, still a big DJ, house DJ um, around the world. But I was still, we owned a studio, um, but I was also a manager for a, a marketing agency. I was also... Um, uh, also, in my last year of electrical engineering, uh-huh. uh, I was also at school. At school in okay. Morgan State, okay. um, and I was a jack of all, all trades. You okay. know I mean, um, I, I was. I will always work. Always, you, you you say something about me. You know, I can't remember everything that I was doing, but I probably was doing ten things. Yeah, and 10, trying to figure out what what I wanted my life to look at, but look like. what I what I really, from eighty six, I remember to ninety one. I was in a lawsuit um, with um, Millie Vanilli uh, over the rights of the record. Wow. Yeah, oh, over so the rights of the Girl You know, True record that I wrote. That you wrote? When I was 15, yes. That's insane. Yeah, so I, I, it's, it's that, that pivotal moment um, scarred me in, in a good way. You know how some scars, like yeah. you don't want to show people? I'll show people that scar because it made me feel, I did not want to be in the music business. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn the business of music and it changed my whole perspective. I never want an artist to be treated like I was treated. I never want to steal from anybody, and I want to make sure that my job every day is to protect the art. Yeah, and so that that you know that was my mindset. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: was something going on at Def Jam that you saw that was like, "What they're doing is dope. I want to join that." Was something going on at Def Jam? Yeah. What was going on in '91 at Def Jam? Why did you pick Def Jam?
1: I picked where my heart was, uh-huh. but I also knew that the senior vice president um, of Def Jam, and remind, I was still trying to get signed to a major label, even though I had my label, Yeah. Um, but the senior vice president of Def Jam was a guy from Baltimore named Wes Johnson, mm-hmm. and Wes was a, um, a, a former DJ. Wes used to play my records wow. as a DJ. So I remember the critical moment. I'm at Jack the, I used to go to all the conferences. So I'm, the, I'm at Jack the Rapper, one of those uh-huh. conferences. And he said, Kev, you, when you put out some new music? I said, man, I, I, they tore my ass up. I, 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 I got to learn this business. I said, you know, you should really hire me at Def Jam. He said, Kevin, I can't hire you. Now, you got to understand, I'm already making money. Okay, This is not this not one about money to yep. me. He said, um, no, I want you to intern. I said, what the fuck is intern? What do you mean intern? I'm street, Kevin. What do you mean intern? I'm making money already. What do you mean intern? He said, but Kev, you don't know the I said, how are you going to tell me? Somebody, I wrote a record. I recorded it in the studio. I sold 100,000 copies. They sold 18 million copies. Mm-hmm. What don't I know? Right. Tell me what, the, I know how to promote, market, consign, I was selling records out of my car, doing consignment. What don't I know? Okay. He said, but you got, you got to enter. This is how, how we do it here. And I said, thought about it. Intern for Def Jam. All right, fuck it, I'm doing it. And that, that was a decision that I made. So for two years, mm-hmm. from 91 to 93, I interned. Uh, now, understand when I say intern, <laughs> it's a different thing because again, I'm interning, I'm in Baltimore, I'm doing Philadelphia, DC, Maryland, and Virginia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I already know because I opened up for LL Cool J, I, I, perform, I was a performer, yeah. You know, any, any artist that came through that area, Will Smith, uh-huh. I, I opened up for it, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I was kind of big, right. <laughs> you know, in the area. So I knew every DJ. Uh-huh. I knew every club. Uh, I knew every record store. I knew everything. Yeah. So when they wanted to hire a regional,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, well, you got it. I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. Why? No. But they didn't hire me. They got a guy named Kevin Mitchell, uh, who's a good friend from Boston, and they sent them to my market. Mm-hmm. And so the joke was I'm like, so now I'm interning for a guy who don't know. Yeah, you're the tour guy. I'm I'm the guy, (laughs) you know? But um, it was a funny thing, I was talking about it with a good friend last night. Um, So every DJ used to play my record. Yeah, And part of a regional promotion director's job is to get your records played, you Mm -hmm. know, take over the market. Uh, But, you know, radio would stay here, publicity would stay here, and I I had to do it all myself, so I kind of knew all the people. So Kevin calls me one day, say, man, I'm trying to see Frank Ski, I'm trying to see him, you know? but I can't get in touch with him. I said, Who, Frank? Boop, boop, boop. Frank, uh, my man coming <laughs> to see you. All right, cool. Just tell him to bring some food. And it was that that and it was that moment. Right. But, but again, Frank used to have a place called Hammerjacks and used to be an artist himself. And mm-hmm. we toured together on it. so you weren't talking about a DJ, you were talking about a human being, a friend yeah. to me. And yeah. so that was um part of what changed everything uh in my life. And he, Kevin Mitchell, I remember we were on a conference. He would let me listen on a conference. It's something God's been so good to me. He would let me listen (laughs) on a conference call that that an intern is not supposed to be on. Totally. And so I learned the art of listening. Mm -hmm. Because every day, this is for two years, every Wednesday I would sit and listen to what people talked about, how they talked about the country and things. And um, he uh, said on a call, he said, guys, my intern is better than all of us and he will be running the company. That was in 93. Wow. Became the president CEO in, in 98. Yeah. So <laughs> how, did,
0: how does that happen? How do you go from intern to president in
1: five, seven years? I mean, I, I don't know. I, here's, here's all I can say. <laughs> okay. When I became an intern, I made a commitment to be the best me as an intern. Mm-hmm. So that means I had to be the president of interns. Okay. Nobody could out-intern me. Mm-hmm. You gotta, I, I have uh, electrical engineering makeup. So when you asked me to dissect the market or put a, a plan together, my shit looked like you know five pages, graphs, and charts. Yeah. When the other guys- it's A post-it lo- <laughs> <laughs> They said, well, we went there and the club said this. No, I, I would give right. so much detail and put books together that you know, I remember when he came for the interview. It was a funny. So Kevin Mitchell obviously gets moved up because the, the market is booming. Yeah. We're killing it. So it gets moved up. So I'm thinking, oh, I know I got the job. I know I got it now. Mm-hmm. Nope, we interviewing other, we were interviewing other people. Um, you can come and interview for the job. Wow. Um, and this is after two years of doing it for free. And everybody knew me. Everybody knew I was doing the work. Yeah. And we were in Def Comedy Jam. We, we in all kinds of shit. So I said, so I had y'all want me to interview for the record. I, I had a question to myself, the, the intern? You want me to interview now? Yeah. So, okay, cool. So I, I put my suit on, because I was told you wear a suit to an interview. Uh-huh. That's what you do. But my briefcases of of study of you know what I thought about, do about came up. And uh, I'm in there with four other people. there. I don't even know these people. Yeah. And they and they're in for the same job oh. that I'm in. So they're laughing at me because yeah. I got a suit on. Right. I'm saying, guys, well, I don't understand. <laughs> so you got an interview job, you go. Yeah, I said
0: professionalism.
1: This is what. So, so they have that piece of paper, mm-hmm. and I have books of studies and things I put together for two years. They said, "Yo, what are you doing?" Yeah. I said, "I'm not leaving without getting this job. I'm, I, this, I, I, this is my job. Yeah. Nobody's getting this job. It's right. my job." Interview didn't hear from from three months. Oh my god, three months. And again, I put in the work. Yeah, I know I had the best presentation of mm-hmm. what the marketplace would look like. I am Baltimore. I am <laughs> the Mid Atlantic. I am. It was no way. Yeah. And so I I envisioned from being the president of interns, from being the president of the interview section, you know, to being the president of patients. Yeah. Because most people would have been like, fuck this. Oh, they would, of course. But again, I always knew about the greater good. Uh If they let me in, if they let the Baltimore boy in, if they let him in, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And so it was that I, I, I sized the company up. I thought to myself, what does Leroy not like to do? What does Russell not like to do? Uh huh. What does Rick? Rick was gone, in but how can I serve Rick and his vision? Yeah. And those are the things that I did. What they didn't want to do. You found the
0: white space, right? Like I that. Found, empty, I the, found
1: the. I found the. You uh, put me there. I'll do it. Yeah. Didn't even matter what it was. The, people don't come in. I remember uh, when Abby uh, first came. They were like Kevin, you don't have to do detailed reports like that. I said, No, I'm not doing it for you guys. I'm doing it for me. This is this is how I right. like my shit to be documented. This is yeah. how I like my shit to look. Right, I'm not brown nosing. No, this is who me. Is, this is who this is who I am. You can't, and I think so. When people ask you, how did you do it? I did me. Uh-huh. I wasn't worried about being the president. Right. I was worried about whatever they asked me to do, be the best you at that time. Mm. And in the process of that, build your toolbox. Now, see, my toolbox came from a lot of different things. So if the, somebody said, hey, we need to build a house. <laughs> I got bird house, tree house, what house? Yeah. I could build the house. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we need you to uh, change the tire on the car. Oh, okay, I got that. So when the time came to be regional, general manager, EVP, president. Those are the steps you took? Yeah. The ones you just mentioned? Um, regional manager, mm-hmm. well, intern first. Yeah. Regional manager, general manager. Of promotions, general manager mm-hmm. of the company, president and CEO. I think some. Yeah, I think that was the. But, but these were all things like um, when I was a regional. Um, we were opening Def Jam West. Yeah. And so, Leo says, "I need you to go to L.A." I said, "Well, I'm the regional. I'm I do the Mid Atlantic region." Uh-huh. Everything you did there, I want you to do on the West Coast. I said, but I work- are, are um, you impersonating his that, voice? That, that, that's, that, that's Lior. Okay. Hi, I'm Lior Cohen. Um, Only you can make fun of Lior, but go ahead. Continue, <laughs> continue. And he says, but I, um, I need you to go out. I said, but, but you got the hit of promotion. You got the vice president of promotion. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be doing that? He said, I want every market, in the country, to be like the Mid-Atlantic region. Oh, so he was like, and what what happened was every time an artist would come back from my region, they would go to Russell and Lear and say, "Yo, that kid down there, uh-huh. he got he man the he, the, <laughs> the, the, the police, <laughs> the drunk, <laughs> he know everybody. He he can make anything happen. Yeah, and so they kept coming back, and so they said, go out to the West Coast, and so again." What they wanted is a blueprint. Mm-hmm. And Wes came to me and said, man, listen, all I can tell you is keep doing what you're doing because I'm going to be working for you. This, this is my mentor, my guy. Yeah, And he flew me out to the West Coast. He actually, he came to my house and got me in Baltimore, told my mom it's going to be all right. Now, again, I'm young still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I moved to the West Coast, what? I got in a van with South Central Cartel and Mellow and drove from... Seattle, all the way over to Denver. Okay, just so I understood the marketplace. You got in a car and just absorbed it, everything. I went. I went. You, man, I, I lived every bit of the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I, every every saw everything, touched everything, the very fabric of what it meant to be on the West Coast, and that's what I provided the team that eventually came and. Um, yeah. Open the office. Thing. I think you were smart enough to know prior that you didn't know it, mm-hmm. so you had to learn it. Oh yeah. oh yeah. You didn't make the assumption that you're like, no, I got this on my own. Listen, and God reminds me every time. So actually Julie Greenwald is a great friend of mine, the current COO of Atlantic Records was Wes's assistant. Mm-hmm. She actually called me and said, well, I was working at World Connections Travel, shout out to World Connections Travel. Um, <laughs> again, now I think I'm 17, 18, and I'm a manager there. Yeah. So, so what I got, what I'm trying, the picture I'm trying to paint, it wasn't just about um, Def Jam. Kevin Lyles was gonna be the star football player mm-hmm. if I played football. Kevin Lyles was gonna be the preacher if I was in a church. Kevin Lyles was going to be of service at the greatest height, yeah. no matter where it was. So I'm at my, I'm the manager of 400 people. Again, I'm 18 years old. I don't know. I don't have a degree in marketing or nothing, like that, but I'm running this, this place with my, 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 my former partner named Jim Buckingham. Um, and Julie calls and says, uh, Hi, um, is Kevin there? And one of my assistants comes and say, uh, Kevin, Julie Greenwald from Def Tim's on the phone. Now, I'm excited as fuck. I'm like, mm. Yo this might be it, or it might not be it, yeah. I don't know. Hey, get them calls, I, I'm doing what I do. So, hey, hi, Julius Kevin. Hey, she said, she said, um, Kevin, we'd love for you um, um, to come, we're gonna pay you $30,000 as a regional. Now again, I'm making hundreds of thousands, I, it didn't matter, it's like, yeah. uh, and I said, um, well, I think I can work with y'all for that. She said, no, you'll work for us for that. Wow. <laughs> okay okay cool I have it you want to have it listen you could say all any Arabic everybody can say everything yeah I'm cool with how you say it but you let me in wow and you give me the opportunity to be the best me for that moment in time when somebody asked me to do something in 96 they came and said because I was eventually I was up in New York then and they were like um you did the west coast you know, be general manager of promotion. What the fuck is general manager of promotion? What is that? <laughs> uh, they made up some title right. because you had a senior vice president of promotion. You had a vice president mm-hmm. of promotion. You couldn't go there. So and, they gave you something else. And though. so when I was working out, but really at the end of the day, they were saying, we want you to be running <laughs> yeah. the, the promotions department. Right. You know? <laughs> so um, 96, they said, I'm in office and everybody would come to my office, all artists. They'd mm-hmm. come, they wouldn't go to Russell to <laughs> or they would come to my office. And so it was at that, that time, it was like, yo, we, we got to, and Leo will tell you, you know, Russell, they didn't give it to me. I took it. Mm. it wasn't It wasn't, but I, I didn't take it to take it. Yeah. I saw the white space mm-hmm. and I wrote my own plan for what it looked like. And again, all of service, if it was up to me, Russell would still be chairman emeritus. Julie would be president. Leo would be CEO. We would all be together. Yeah. If. The opportunity, and we stayed together, we're still together, but I'm talking in a sense of um, be at one place. Yeah, yeah. And um, it is, when in 96, when he asked me about, you know, we, we really want you to be the president of the company, I said, I'm not ready. Who asked you? Leo. Wow. Le- Russell said it, you, you're the president. Leo's like, what the fuck are you doing? You can't just make him a president, you know what I mean? And so it was the freaking fact thing back and forth with them. And I'm in the room, so they talk about me in the room, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then. Um, Wait, are in the room, you in the room me, with Lear, said, and you Russell. can't make him president. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, it didn't matter, you know, to, to me, but, it's, but that's how honest we were with each other. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I just say, yo, I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to be president. Mm-hmm. So, Russell, look, I said, Russell, I don't know the world. Mm-hmm. I know the United States now, yeah. but I don't know the world. And there's emerging markets in hip hop that I should really. Yeah. No, right. Before accepting the responsibility, because I always looked at it: don't take on something you can't kill. Mm-hmm. Don't take on. Don't say you want it and you're not prepared for it, because there's going to be some shit that you're gonna have to deal with. Yeah. And even employees that yeah. might not have liked me being the president. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a Baltimore kid. Not, i do not wasn't a cousin, a friend, a no nothing. Uh huh. They the shit got so crazy. They wouldn't let me get in the art room. They wouldn't let me deal with Mark because they felt like I didn't know. Didn't they made me president? Right. <laughs> so how did that meeting end? Well, 96 didn't didn't do it. And okay. then they, 98 they didn't give me a choice. <laughs> wow. They, so
0: how did that meeting go? The 98 meeting. Um You're a president, period. Get out of here. Yeah, there's five, there,
1: there's, there, we were thinking about um, selling a company. And I say we, they were thinking about it, but they had made five of us partners. And I was one of the partners that they made. And mm-hmm. so, um, and Julie was running one half of the company. I was running uh, the other half of the company. Leah was running the company, however you want to put it. So we all you know, ran things um, and it was just time. And Leah felt like you know, the best person to usher in what's new, mm-hmm. Um, it's Kevin. Yeah. Over, it, over, over a lot of, lot of people. And you know? zero objections, obviously. Didn't matter. It, 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 it could have been. But it's whatever him and right. Russell said. And, 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 and again, because of how I carried myself, even when I was president, I, I was still carrying artist bags. Mm. I was still doing whatever people told me to do. That says a lot.
0: This all started with an internship. We've heard it before and it rings true every time. If you wanna succeed, hold on to that hustler spirit and don't ever forget the intern mindset. There's always something new to learn, always something new to absorb that will help you later down the road. But it's also reminding yourself that you're never too big to roll up your sleeves and get the work done. Kevin not only accepted the internship mindset, his hunger elevated it to presidential status. Whatever job or role was in front of him, he wanted to be the absolute best at it, and it showed. He had the foresight to know what he needed to learn and where to grow. He didn't instantly climb to the top. Before accepting roles, he made smart moves by staying back to make sure his own foundation was strong enough before moving forward. The presidential intern is something we can all channel. Remember, you can be on a path to be the best or to create something that is the best but you shouldn't be fixed in your ways. Pull from what's around you or go out and expose yourself to something new because that added experience will always benefit you. It will always be something in your toolkit you can use a reference. Stay hungry and stay humble. It might even be the answer
1: to what you need in the future. And one thing I didn't tolerate, though, is laziness and tardiness mm-hmm. and lack of efficiency. I would come to work. If a radio station is on 24 hours a day, it now, today, you can stream music anytime. time. Why are we not on the yeah. whole time? Right. So we're a business. The, the coming in at 11 o'clock to go sit and get a cup coffee, have that water cooler moment, then talk about you going to go to lunch, that's just dead. Mm. Stinking, nope. Coming in, and then people didn't come in before me. i write on the door, on a post-it note, what makes you better than me that you come in after me? You'd stick it on their door. Stick it on their door. Every, didn't matter who it was. I don't care if they reported to me or not because I wanted to change the culture of the company. We are a business. Mm -hmm. We are a business. We're gonna operate like a business. This is not a party. We are a business. We're gonna operate like a business. And that structure took on a ethos of its own because then I started to bring people in that thought differently. Mm -hmm. That my first assistant was um, a street, Team. I was on her street team, uh-huh. Shanita Floyd. You know, I was on her actual street team yeah. in the Mid Atlantic region working records. Um, I brought her in as my uh, assistant. Then I moved her to because I knew she could do national promotions. I moved her to college radio in Barbito. Okay. You know, then I moved. I brought in a girl that came from Morgan Stanley. She was as my assistant because I wanted more business structure. Mm-hmm. All right, and so again, as a yeah, as your a, toolkit, as my, build, yeah. I'm putting my tool. And it, now, again, so I went from me having my own tools to mount the tool of people. Yeah, yeah. And putting those uh, those people in place. How did it finally end at Def Jam?
0: How do you go? You know, like because you eventually then went and did your own management company after that, right?
1: Nah, you missing years. Okay, okay. <laughs> so um, in '98, we sold the company to um, Universal. Mm-hmm. Originally we were Polygram, but mm-hmm. we sold um, Def Jam. And part of that we had to stay on okay. uh, to manage the business. So Lyra, um took on the chairmanship, we put Island Def Jam together. Yeah. Lira took on the chairmanship role of Island Def Jam, um, made Julie and I executive vice president of Island Def Jam. I'm still retained the president and CEO of Def, Def Jam, Jam yep. proper uh at that time we were Def Jam West, Def Jam South, Def Jam London, Def, mm-hmm. De- Def Jam Japan, Def Jam, jam, jam Japan, yeah, you know. Shout out Rico Sakura. Shout out Rico. <laughs> you know, uh Def Jam Germany. Yeah. So um the uh verticals of, of Fat Farm, uh Def Jam Enterprises, the gaming, um comedy jam, Poetry jam, Def College, Jam, we all the jams. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was uh and again but we had a crew of people smart people uh, uh, Russell being a heavy entrepreneur Leo being a great visionary and o- operator mm-hmm. me being a great executor Julie being a great creative we had you know Mike Kaiser coming in the big tall black guy that did rhythm radio with, it, it's like it, it's um and and we were all kids still yeah. growing up learning this this business uh and so you're on contract with universal to continue continue it. as running, okay. um, and, and we did that for from ninety eight to two thousand and four and Leo uh made the decision to leave. Okay. Um to be the global chairman of recorded music for Warner Music Group. Mm-hmm. We took you know took Warner Music Group private yeah. from Tom Warner. Very pivotal moment in my life. Um because when Leo left, they thought everybody's leaving. You know, mm-hmm. it's not not and I felt and onus to the culture to not just up and leave Def Jam until I understood what was the plan for it and how could I leave it in a place where, now, again, we're huge. I mean, it's like, it's like, we're, it, it, this is DMX, Ja, J, LL, Ludacris. I, I mean, I, I can't, monta- I mean, it, it's every artist. It, 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 yeah. it, it do, we couldn't be. And I remember Jimmy Iovine, uh, and Doug um wanted to have a conversation with me because they didn't want to make me chairman of Allen Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Um Jimmy Alvine was on the On the West I, Coast. Okay. You know he was he was the you know chairman of Geffen Interscope, whatever that group was called Okay. Was. and um they wanted to have a real conversation. With me. And I never told anybody this story, this part of it, um, about why I wasn't ready um to take on that role. Yeah. Uh and they hired LA Reed okay. to come in. Um, LA is my friend. Mm-hmm. If you go back in '87, we—I think it was '87—we all won uh, Song of the Year. Writers, Award It'd be my awards. We mm-hmm. were in the picture together. He did, did Jerry Kerr, whatever they had, and <laughs> me with my high top fade, and uh, well, I got the picture. You know, we, we, it's, uh-huh. it's so it's my friend. Yeah, uh, respect and love him. And the terminology that I used with him, I said. They gave you the house, but I have the key. I, I don't want that dynamic. Mm. I don't want it, your people, my people. Um, so let's really have a conversation around how this works best for you. Okay. Uh, how, how can I be of service to help us get to a place where the company's healthy? Um, there's no infighting. I, I want to think about the greater good. Yeah. I said, but you know, I'm giving you the keys though. Mm-hmm took our relationship to a different level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he saw, he knew what it was. I, I wanted the place yeah. to be right. And then the whole thing was, you know, um, who would be president of Def Jam or who this and blah, <clears throat> blah. This person, that that person. and um, It must've hurt.
0: Like you talk about the Milli Vanilli scar. Like this was another.
1: another no, like, another, another scar. Yeah. But another scar that I wear proudly because I want, I want you to think about um, the time um, Russell wasn't there. Rick wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then Leo wasn't. Leo, yeah, Leo wasn't there. Yep. Um. I only wanted to be of service on a team. See, I, I'm not. The, I don't want to. I don't want to say I won, um, the championship. I scored all the points. I'm the, i I don't. Wanna, I don't want to. I want to appreciate Paxton. You know, I want to appreciate yeah. Scotty Pittman. I want to appreciate. Um Rodman. Rodman. And I want to play my position. Yeah. Whatever that position, I love playing for a team. Mm-hmm. Now, at any given moment, I can be Michael. Because I want that shot at yeah. three seconds left. Yeah. I, I, I want that. But I love playing part of a team. So mm-hmm. was I ready to build my own team in that manner at that particular time? Where was Def Jam going? Was, was I Michael Jordan playing on the Bulls? won six championship rings um, and I was scoring 30 points and people were well, shit, you should be going 60 points. Yeah, What what more could I have done right. at Def Jam? Mm-hmm. So this is in my, my mind. Where else could we take? I'd sold 10 million games. Yeah. You know, Seriously? video games. I, I'm. I'm what, what else? I did the hip hop's view of Scarface documentary inside of the um, 25th anniversary of Scarface, the movie. And so I really felt like um, it might be time for new energy, mm-hmm. for somebody to take it, maybe have some vision that I don't have. Right? Did it hurt? It hurt when I stopped playing football in the se- my senior year. Mm-hmm. It hurt when somebody stole my record. It hurt when I had to leave a place. One of the things, there is a Kevin Lyle's era at Def Jam. Yeah. And people can't deny it. People can't, it's no matter what they say, how do you want to look at it, so, but I also think I got my bachelor's at Def Jam. Mm-hmm. I wanted my master's, mm-hmm. and yeah, well put. What role? What role would that put me in? Yeah. And so um, I decided I took respectful with everybody. Decided not, not to stay, and uh, made we made great love. Everybody moved out and went to hug some trees. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of walking, yeah. on the beach and figuring out. Cause I left my baby. Yeah. No, and, and it was my baby. I know. It, Since was my, uh, it was 91. my ninety-one. It was my baby. Yeah. I left my baby. Cause what year is this now? That when you walked away? Oh four. Wow. Okay. Um. I, again, I'm always gonna take me out the game. Mm-hmm. If we, if, if we, you can win, take me out the game. Right. I don't care if I'm a star or not. Mm-hmm. Take just Want to win? You just, just want to win. I want to win. Yeah. So I felt the best win for Def Jam at that time was. But to give uh make sure l a had all the resources and the consistency and the channel energy mm-hmm. that he needed to take it to the next level, yeah um, and so Edgar calls me Brothman, um, former owner of universal
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything um, park's theme movie, <laughs> everything uh, <laughs> called and said, um, you know Leah's over here having fun um." I want you to come have fun with us. Now, if you know anything about moving people, you have no poach agreements and things mm-hmm. like this, you know, and non-competes. this non competes yeah. and things. And so um, I really couldn't talk to Lear about anything uh-huh. other than how's my friend doing? <laughs> yeah. How's the kids? Right. How's the wife? You know, hope everything is because you, people might be trying to set us up, uh-huh. uh, anything. Yeah. So um, Edgar says, um, I need you. Um, and you know, if Lyra could talk to you, he would tell you, I want you. Mm-hmm. You know. But he couldn't talk yeah. to me. Um, crazy. And then uh, Edgar says, I'm gonna create a position. Remember, I remember general manager promotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they create this position. You're the executive vice president of the Warner Music Group. Okay. Me, same Mo Kevin. What does that mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Be said, be the best you.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: they knew by me being the best me, all kinds of shit had changed. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the culture changed. I had no boundaries of what I can do, no conversation I couldn't have. And I was an artist guy. Mm-hmm. So um I was a of service for the Warner Music Group where um I remember sitting in the board meeting and we explaining the business, and one of the investors um pulled me to the side, they said, listen, all we care about is the EBITDA and revenue growth, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So then I had to go figure out what the hell he was talking. About. <laughs> 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 so and then and again, that's where the ma- the masters came in. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And so it made me study boards. It made me go sit on some other boards. It made me uh, define what an executive vice president of a music group would be. Yeah. Um, and so and, now you're back with Leo, right? Yeah. So yeah. now, Leo, you know, I'm I'm working uh, under him, but I'm executive vice president of the music group. You mm-hmm. know, he's the chairman of recorded music. Um, and then Edgar said, "Well, I want you to start coming to you know my my meeting." Mm-hmm. And so now I'm in there with me, Leo, Michael. This one hit a digital. All these people, and they but they all had uh, they all had um, P and Ls. Yeah. I didn't have it. I didn't. I just do. I did me. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever the Kevin, go get this movie. This thing. Go. Whatever you want to do, because you're going to produce revenue. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I remember vividly. Um, I did that until '09, and it was contract re up time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the business was just changing so much, and I'd got away from what I felt the essence and the beauty of. Looking at a piece of art or or playing golf, I forgot because I had to talk through twenty people. Yeah, to have an artist do the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at talking through twenty people. Right. Especially when I'm I'm a former artist, I mm-hmm. want to say what I want to say to them and let them know how I feel and touch them. Yeah. And, and and by the way, walk with them, and go through the process with them. So it's learning moments. Right. In that, um, and there was some things that I wanted to do that. Um, some artists that I wanted to sign mm-hmm. and people started to tell me like, um, I don't think you know, we should um, sign Chris Brown. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know what, I, okay, you know what? Right. Is that oh, what your Excel spreadsheet I, told you that we shouldn't <laughs> sign Chris Brown? <laughs> I'm, go, I'm gonna go and hug some trees again. <laughs> so I remember the moment I, um, uh, Edgar asked me to, uh, we wanna be in an artist services business and to build out a division um, of artist services. So now, 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 okay, I wanna give, give you a P and L. So then I had to put my engineer hat on again, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And I had to change the, the mentality of what I was doing. And we, I think we were doing like three or 4 million, um, hired some great people um, and um, the guy, I actually hired a guy who runs it now and it's a $200 million business for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it was at that moment when I came back for one of my tree sessions, uh, and I felt I needed, um, to get close again. Yeah.
0: So to the told, art, close to the to art. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I told, um, Edgar and Lyra, I I just got to. Do me. Mm-hmm. I just have to. And they said, well, listen, you just signed a contract. I said, yo, we don't, we don't, we're not dealing with no contracts. He said, listen, keep, keep, the, just don't compete with us. Mm-hmm. Wink, he just wink, I, winked. I don't one. know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I've been doing music my whole life. I don't know what it meant. Right. You know, don't okay. compete. <laughs> you mean open a cafe, what do you want me to do? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> plant some trees, I don't know. Uh, but then uh, I realized, um, they wanted me to be of service to the culture mm-hmm. in a way and wanted to be able to tap into my, they wanted me to pick up the phone and be available if they needed me um, to do something, but no, no strings attached, no one, I could have did anything. Yeah. And it was at that moment that people couldn't believe, yo, you, you in the ivory tower, you, 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 you can do what you wanna do. Why would you leave all that money, all this power? Why yeah. would you leave? I saw a void in mentorship and leadership at a level that would help build stronger executives and stronger managers and, mm-hmm. and I felt it wasn't, it wasn't there. Yeah. You know? um, so I had to get close and what, you, what the business was saying, you gotta be next to the artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm out doing me, I'm yeah. you know, not thinking about management, not thinking about anything, just taking some time again, I've been doing it since I was 16. Yeah, I don't even know how old I was in 2004. <laughs> um, Cause I was president at age 30. So I must've been maybe 40 okay. or something. I get a call and it's from Trey Songs. He says, OG, oh, I'm firing my manager. I said, what'd you call me for? Well, I'm just cool, <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. He said, nah, but you know, you know my manager was one of your first former interns. Okay. I said, oh yeah, right, right, mm-hmm. right. He said, um, um, but are, would you manage people? I said, man, I'm a CEO. I don't know. what. I'm not waking nobody up to, <laughs> <laughs> right. no, I'm not doing this. Uh, and I said, well, here's what I'll do. Again, tact, tactical, cat. Kev. Um, I want you to go see every manager. Uh huh. Tell me what you want. Tell them what you want and then come back and articulate the meetings. He comes back and says, they all want commission. <laughs> you wanna help me be a better man? I said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> then his mom calls me, Wow. Trey's mom, April, and says, my son looks at you more like a father. Mm-hmm. He looks at you more, and again, I was at the Warner Music Group. I wasn't at at particularly Atlantic Records or Warner Brothers Records or Chapel. I was at the group. But when they named the street after me in Baltimore, Trey was living in Baltimore. He came to the street. Mm -hmm. So I want you to to think, put the picture in your mind. There's a, I'm getting a street named after me. Mm -hmm. The kid that signed to Atlantic Records comes and, Two, three out years, I don't know that the time is a blur. It's sitting in me telling me how much of an inspiration I am yeah. to him. So his mom said, Listen, if, if 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 anything, do it for me, because he needs somebody in his life to. What am I saying? That's yeah. God. That, that's God talking to me right. in a different way. And he was the first client that uh I had, and I built to so like 15 clients, and then I started having. <laughs> have office space and because my office was funny enough. I know I'm talking a lot lately, but I haven't done this in a long time. My office was the Mandarin Oriental Hotel lobby area. In, <laughs> in Manhattan. Manhattan. In Manhattan, right, Columbus Circle. Columbus Circle, yeah. There was a table, it was a Kevin Lyle's table, set <laughs> eight people around. Yeah, had a WeWork in the Mandarin oh, no, Oriental. And, and, and I would go there every day. <laughs> right. All my meetings and everything was there to the point where I thought it was cheaper to do that uh-huh.: Then Rent have office space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did that for like two years, and I remember, and I'm, the point I want to make about that place, um, and when I, I'm going to clarify, when I say hug trees or go walk around thing, I mean I take a moment for myself. Yeah. Uh, and if you go sit on there, you'll see uh, the CNN sign there, and the time. And so I didn't realize that I'm looking at this every day mm-hmm. for two years until one day I asked myself, God, what are you saying to me? Why mm-hmm. are here? Why are these surroundings? What, right. what are you saying to me? And I looked at CNN, I said, dumbass Kevin, create a new network. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's an epiphany that I had. Yeah. So I realized it wasn't management that God was telling me to do. He mm-hmm. was telling me to create this new network of entrepreneurs that allows you to be the CEO, their COO, and their CEO. Yeah. So put the business on top of its own head. Put a CEO next to a creative talent, mm-hmm. and build networks. And that is. And that is, KWL. Mm-hmm. Throughout our
0: conversation, Kevin stresses being of service. This mantra helped drive him through his journey from intern to CEO. It helped him to reinforce relationships after Def Jam. It helped him to uncover a void in mentorship at the executive level, and eventually spark the epiphany of artist and creative networks that would lead to KWL. It didn't matter if it was to the boardroom, to the artist, or to the culture. Being of service has always been a part of Kevin's foundation. It's who he is and helps define his approach to the work that he does. Whatever business you have, ask yourself the question. Why am I doing this? Be honest about it. Having a reason to create something helps give purpose to your work. And when there's purpose, you'll find that all the dots just connect together.
1: Then I get a call from Leah. I should have left when you left. I <laughs> said, so what do you mean? You, you have a head start out there now. You, you know, you're, 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 you're touching the artist. You're touching the baggie. You're, you're there in it. I said, Leor, I left for my own, I should have left, but I tell you what we're going to do. The business is fucked up, and the, everybody losing money, we're gonna start another business. You and me. You yeah, and, yeah. and uh, it was, it was three, three of us, you know, four of us. And um, I said, listen, you know I don't know how to work for anybody, I don't, I don't, know, that, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He said, have I ever treated you like you work for me? I said, no. He said, you're my partner. You're gonna be my partner. You're gonna be my partner, y'all. We're gonna be partners. And, and you know, when I wanna dribble left, you know, when I need the ball, when I don't need the ball, you know, when I need rest, cause I'm driving and somebody else, we're on a 20 hour trip, you gotta drive. He said, we know each other. I know what you, who you are, what you are, what you don't. You can't play golf yet. You know, <laughs> you, you wanna work all the time, but I know we know everything about each other. And um, we started co-founding the business, which is 300 mm-hmm. Entertainment. And it was just a, a, if you think about it, we were crazy, <laughs> crazy to go do what we did, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and five years ago. Right.
0: You know? And then, so you, you formed, he calls you up, you mm-hmm. formed this company 300. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm fast forwarding a lot mm-hmm. just for time's sake, but mm-hmm. then there's a point where he's like, all right, I gotta go now. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, tell a story of how like, um, Google mm-hmm. Ventures is our biggest investor. Okay um they had a need um they wanted to be heavy in the streaming audio streaming space yeah um they needed leadership in a way that would help um change a culture you know you got a lot of engineers
0: yeah right um, coders yeah, you know, yeah who's
1: talking to the artists mm-hmm. it's everything in the algorithm yeah you know what I mean who, who you, they, they need the music community needs something they're at war with them because of the payments and things like this. So, um, and Lyra was constantly trying to get show to hey, take out people. I'm having fun again. And we're, we're guys. We we in this. And do, we, oh shit, Fetty Wap. Oh, but go, Young Thug. Oh, me go. Oh, it's all. We're on fire in five years. Yep. And um, he said, "I have to tell you something. Our biggest investor is asking that I come." and do this. And so analytical Kev, mm. how much money do we make for YouTube last year? X amount of dollars. So now my man is gonna be running mm-hmm. <laughs> YouTube music. Yeah. they our biggest investor. It adds to our toolbox. Because mm-hmm. now, again, when you, when you have partners, yeah. hey, we gonna build a house. Yeah, to Google Ventures, you're a tool in their toolbox, yes. And their tool, in my toolbox, mm-hmm. it goes goes, yeah, both, goes ways. both ways. Yeah, so um, now, and you know, I'm sitting on the board, you know, and I go, I, I, I we're doing it. Yeah, you know, and he he'll, he'll tell a story. Any of you say I pushed him to, um, because we want to constantly evolve and reinvent ourselves, also. Yeah, um, so now we add to our toolbox that we ushered in the new relationship with YouTube, that we ushered in, and when I say we, because anything that Russell, Leora, or I do is we. Mm-hmm. We might not be working in it together. Yeah. Russell's in Bali right now, building <laughs> something out, but it's we. Right. We always talking about how we see things. And you add Julie mm-hmm. Greenwall into the we, and yeah. you add Mike Kaiser in, into the, the we. We're always talking about the we. So, I felt it was the right thing for us. Did Analytical Kev
0: immediately process that or was there- a, Really? Immediately. There wasn't a moment of like, you motherfucker. <laughs> you just immediately were like, this is a win for, bu- this, this is a win for we.
1: It's a win for we. Yeah. And I was also solving for a problem that as we had so much success, we needed to have one, the buck had to stop with one person. Mm-hmm. and It wasn't stopping with one person. Yeah. You know, I might have thought differently from this and this and you know, so it was a lot of like I say, I wanted to uh streamline
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and I wanted to teach again. Yeah, yeah. Um and so I thought it was the right thing. And um to this day, um in two thousand sixteen, when he left, uh in two thousand seventeen we grew seventy two percent. So the business the business growing seventy two percent. Him adding a new tool to our toolbox. Absolutely. Was it the right choice? Absolutely. <laughs> and, and But then Analytical Kev had to become non-big management company Kev because we go from seven artists to now 100 artists mm-hmm. and it's only me. Yeah. So now I have to dissolve my management company to just my friends that I can run their businesses still. So down to three clients. Uh-huh. London on the track, Trey Songs, and D'Angelo. Everybody else, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't right. do. And I had, I had every, it, 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 my friends would call me, hey. So I did that and we grew 72%. I set up uh, an executive leadership team. Um, and my line uh, from that day forth was, I don't wanna run the company. Mm-hmm. I want the company to run, mm-hmm. whether I'm here or not. Yeah. Lior, knew he could make the move and things would be all right because remember he left Allen Def Jam before. Yep. Yeah. We've done it. it, it's, it's, yeah. old, it it's, it's, it's a repeat. <laughs> and and he knew that it's three seconds left, Kevin would get the rock. Right. And so the board said, you know, you have to be CEO and but I said, but I, I came here to be a partner. I didn't come to be CEO. But serving the greater good of our investors. Mm-hmm and about artists. And you can think of it about that time. We didn't lose one artist. We didn't lose one employee, mm-hmm. but things shook up. Yeah. So first year was about stability. Mm-hmm. Second year was about growth. Yeah. And third year now is about 302.0 and what that looks like. Okay. So you wear these two hats of like
0: knowing what an artist wants, but also knowing what a manager or an executive needs, right? Mm-hmm if you're talking to a young artist who's trying to get on your radar, what's the best advice you could give? And I was gonna ask you the same thing for the, the manager side, but maybe mm-hmm. this answer is the same for both, mm-hmm. but yeah. Show me the value proposition. Okay.
1: Of that, yourself as an artist, right? No. Oh, even if it's a both? both. Yeah, you got, there has to be a value proposition where yeah. one plus one equals three. Okay. And in some cases, one plus one equals 10. Yeah, There has to be a value proposition. Mm-hmm. And by hook or crook, get to that, get to mm-hmm. that point, get to that value proposition. I don't care how Twitter, Instagram, stop the street, I don't care <laughs> how, whatever it is, Yeah. get to that value proposition. Again, I do everything for the greater good and greater God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When you talk about the greater good, it's exponential. My mission, um, I, I, ain't did what, I ain't did what God got me here to do yet. Mm. I'm still in process. I'm still still evolving. I'm still putting the tools in a toolbox. I've been asked to run for mayor. I've been asked to um, take over other corporations. I've been asked asked to start new businesses. I've been asked to do a lot of different things. I've been asked to open a church, start a church. I don't know what God's saying to me, but when the time comes, Mm -hmm. I will be prepared. Yeah, Not a question in my mind. I think you got to go hug a tree right now. But you know, this is therapy, to be honest yeah, yeah. with you. Um, and um, it's why, was, uh, and think about what you and I are doing. we've seen each other before, you know, mm-hmm. met, you know, but our first interaction is you being my therapist. Yeah. I'm being, okay. honestly, so I, I walk and talk my, so I just found some things out and remembered some things yeah. through the conversation Word. and remembered why I question myself every day. Word. All right, well, thanks for your time, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this super deep episode with the triple OG of the music industry, Kevin Lyles. As always, you can find out more about the show and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. I personally use Anchor FM. Also, give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to tell us what you think of the show. It definitely helps out a lot. You can also reach out to me on Twitter I'm at Jeff Staple, and we occasionally answer listener questions on the show. So if you have a question, you can email it in to questions at businessofhype.com. The Business of Hype is created in collaboration with Bright Young Things. You can check them out at byt.nyc. Our director is Daniel Novetta. Our audio engineer is David Rogers-Berry, and our intern is Sidney Puckampora. I'm Jeff Staple, and you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hype Radio.
1: I almost started crying there. (laughs) Took you down memory lane,
0: right? (laughs)